At the very same time that America refused to give the Negro any land, through an act of Congress, our government was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that it was willing to undergird its white peasants from Europe with an economic floor. But not only did they give the land, they built land-grant colleges with government money to teach them how to farm. Not only that, they provided county agents to further their expertise in farming. Not only that, they provided low interest rates in order that they could mechanize their farms. Not only that, today many of these people are receiving millions of dollars in federal subsidies not to farm, and they are the very people telling the black man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. And this is what we are faced with, and this is the reality. Now, when we come to Washington in this campaign, we are coming to get our check. Greetings and what's good, everybody. Welcome to the Christian Soldier Podcast, a social justice, faith-minded podcast featuring three friends from across the diaspora exploring life at the intersection of race, ethnicity, gender, culture, politics, and basically living while black. I'm Abdullah Muhammad. I'm Andres Amador. And with our sister, Justina Kenyi, we are just three POC living life, loving Jesus, and fighting the good fight in these rough and tumble podcast streets. All right. Welcome back to the show. Um, and given that it's January and we just celebrated the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., you know, we had to have a few words about that. So back in August, Abdul recorded an episode called MLK Colorblind Messiah or Critical Race Theorist. That was episode 31 of our podcast. And the idea for that episode was the national conversation about critical race theory and its place in public schools. But as part of that conversation, we kept hearing opponents of CRT or any conversation about equity and justice invoke Dr. King and ask the question of why we have to keep talking about our differences instead of focusing on the content of a person's character. And that line of thinking continues to concern us here at the podcast and other folks involved in DEI because people use Dr. King as some kind of proof text of the idea of colorblindness and ignoring the importance of culture and, and ethnicity in understanding and uh, honoring how we see people. So that episode looked at Dr. King doing four points of his public life to demonstrate the consistency of his message against segregation and white supremacy and his evolution to discuss the idea of unjust war and racialized economic disparities. Yes. So, bro, before we go any further, we got to talk about that, that clip. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you, you sent me that clip. So listeners, um, if you, if you heard the clip, which you, you have, cause you listened to the episode, if you heard that clip, that was the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. That was not a deep fake. That was actually him. <laughs> So, Andres, you know, break break that clip down and like t- tell me kind of how how we got it in this episode. Oh, the thing about that clip is just that's not the Martin that people hear, right? Yeah. That's that's him 
being critical. And that's what we talked about in that CRT episode that we did where Dr. King, although the term wasn't invented, he was basically, he has been, uh, let me choose my words carefully because he's not a CRT theorist because the term didn't exist, right. but he was critical of what was happening in the country, right. which is what uh, CRT is trying to explain. So for me, in, in, in a simplistic way, it was just to show that there's a lot about Dr. King that most people don't know from 63 to 68, you know, and we'll get, and we'll get to those years later on. People forget just, he, they, they teach, I have a dream and then that's it. Like he did anything else and he led him up some protests about race and that problem got fixed with us civil rights act and we're done. Right. We're done. Yeah, we're good. But he was very critical. He was critical of capitalism. He was critical of the Vietnam war. Uh, he was uh, on behalf of the poor people camp, poor people's campaign, which uh, he was working toward uh, 68 when, when he was murdered. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot to, uh, to King that uh, most of us uh, are not aware of to this day. Yes. So that just catches my attention. Yes. And so, and it all, so it further, it further catches my attention. So you sent the clip and listeners, the clip was shared on Twitter by his daughter, Dr. Bernice King. And so we will put a screenshot of the, of the, of the tweet in the show notes, but here's what she said. She said, here's she said, share this clip of my father. We must study him beyond the end of quote. I have a dream. And she said, oh, by the way, that's taken out of context too. I know you mentioned this on the, on the, on the MLK episode, but can you put that? I have a dream in context. And I know that I, we didn't discuss about this, but I think you can handle the question. <laughs> yes. So the short version, the short version is the March on Washington was a culmination of, of an event that had been planned by, by a Philip Randolph since the 40s, since the 1940s, they wanted kind of a March on Washington um, to about working conditions and segregation and whatnot. But listeners, the March was called the March on Washington for jobs and freedom. That was, that was what it was called. So don't truncate the name, right? They were there for a very specific purpose. And if you remember in the opening remarks of the, I have a dream speech, he talks about we're coming here to cash a promissory note because the check so far has been returned insufficient funds. And so in the planning for the March on Washington, which the, the clip that you just heard, he said, we're going to get our check, right? So. <laughs> So for those of you who were biblically inclined and studious in that way, we call that hermeneutics. We call that interpretation. We call that context. Context. Right? Context. So, right. so that, you know, so basically now that you've heard the context of, of, from Dr. Bernice King herself, MLK's daughter, don't try to rationalize or rewrite him to fit your box or make him your proof text or your, your, um, you know, whatever. So I believe in colorblindness because Dr. Kane believed in colorblindness. Nope. Don't get no, that twisted. So <laughs> now let's put, you know, to, to, to put a finer point to it in case you don't know what that looks like. Imagine someone telling you what your father and mother was like. 
what they valued, right, right, what they believed yeah, in, yeah. right? No, and you're wrong. Somebody these. arguing with you saying, <laughs> no, that's not who your father or your mother right. was. They right. were so and so and so and so and so and so. Right. Meanwhile, what if you had proof? You had scads of proof. You had books, you had video yeah, clips, you had speeches, you have audio, you have, you have interviews. Yeah. Right. There is no disputing. So if you still if you still believe in colorblindness in the way that ignores culture, ignores ethnicity, ignores oppression and that kind of stuff, and you say that you believe in that because of people like, like Dr. King, I'm going to need you to fall back on that, you know, because it's just yeah. not right. So, yeah. yeah. yeah so the, the, the thing with, with hanging on and holding on to uh, the content of a person's characters for dear life is because you don't want to talk about the whole reason MLK was doing what he was doing in the first place. Bingo. Right. Bingo. Yep. He came to Washington. He gave a line that gives you an escape. Mm. Yes. <laughs> you know, something to hang on to. Yes. And, and the, the, the most, uh, the, the crazy thing, well, the, the frustrating thing about this, it's just how myopic people, funny, I don't like to say the, the word impetus, but I'll say my, my <laughs> before we started recording. <laughs> We were talking about the word impetus and you, Abdul wrote something and like, I don't say impetus, but here I am saying myopic. Yeah, that's a word that I use, but <laughs> anyway, so yes. Um, so, but people like get a, a laser focus in on, on that, but don't want to study him after he made that speech or before or, or before. But it's, the point is, so he, you know, he's super famous for, for the, I have a dream speech. Mm -hmm. And that was 63. Five years later, he's assassinated. Right. He said a lot more stuff. Right. Between those, in those five years. Right. I got him into a whole lot of trouble. Right. You know, and he went through his own change in those years as well. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, there's a, a again, I've, I've said on this podcast before, it's, it's interesting to talk to a historian about history, but, <laughs> but. You know, he became disillusioned. Yes. I, if, if, if I'm understanding him, you know, but what little I know toward the end, I mean, it had to be tiresome being MLK, yeah. what he yeah. stood for and the threat on his life and, um, and his family and everything that he had to endure. Right. You know, so, so being right. tired, you know, and to not see. There was some progress, but not real progress in his view, or not, especially when he talked about he's been to the mountaintop and he saw the promised land and, and, you know, and to not see I mean, it. I get there with you. And he's, he began to, to realize that he may not get there. Yeah. Um, it's just, but anyway, my, my point is that we're hanging on to a version of MLK. So people don't have to deal with the emotions that have to be dealt with about the conversation that people don't mm -hmm. want to have. Exactly right. So, and there's, there's, you know, so here, here's how powerful this is. So there's a book that's called, um, the race card and it's mm -hmm. by a political scientist named Taylor Mendelberg. Um, and so in that book, Dr. Mendelberg talks about, and I study her as a, you know, I'm a political scientist and that's kind of my jam. Right. So, um, but in that book, she talks about how, um, 
like the I have a dream speech marked kind of a watershed moment for how we think about race in America. So we went from what she called the 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 ethic or the epic of kind of like open racism to mm. the to the ethic or the epic I forget which word she uses but to the epic or the ethic of colorblindness and the line in the sand was that I have a dream speech because um you know before the thing in the broad cultural ethos was the ethic of segregation and Jim Crow and open racism and lynching and so forth. And that followed by the events that came afterward, you know, um, signified a whole different way in how we think about race in America. Now there's lots, there's lots more in that book, but it's a, you know, it's, it's a good book. It's Dr. Taylor Mendelberg called the race car. I highly recommend it. Let's fast forward, you know, to, to this month to the celebration of Dr. King's birthday that happens every year. One of the things that like on social media, on Facebook, you know, is good for the Facebook memories, you know, and I am, I am happy to announce that, you know, I'm not just on this thing because, because I co-host a podcast and whatnot. I've been saying this stuff for a long time, <laughs> you know, and interestingly enough, the Facebook memories shows the receipt of that, right? Like it goes back years of me in January saying, yo, time out, do something different with how you think about King, the King holiday, because of the very thing that, that, that Dr. Bernice King herself said. So this month, it comes up again in our community here in the cornfield, right? And in communities across the country, we have seen all these celebrations of MLK. And the issue is that they really are, they really seem two-dimensional. So for in our in our community specifically, I was frustrated by our community events. And in my perspective, I saw people and I saw organizations who say they are committed to um, equity and justice, but they haven't produced any tangible results for years or even for the rest of the year that they were in. So, you know, there's, there's, Hey, let's celebrate after King day, but what have you been doing for the last 364 days that have produced any meaningful fruit? Right. So they wanted to come together as they do every year to, to celebrate what I call national let's be colorblind day, <laughs> you know? So, and even worse, even worse, bro. I saw, as I'm sure you did, if you were, if you were looking, I saw people who were openly and vehemently opposed to anything equity related. Post all kind of MLK quotes all over the place, and you know whatever. So I was kind of disgusted by it, right? So I posted something about it. Want to hear it? Here we go. <laughs> Want to hear it? Here we go. Right, and it made it made a pretty big stink. So what I posted. Basically, as I was calling on every person of color, like especially black folks, but I was calling on every person of color and every justice-minded ally in my city to not attend any MLK events um, over the over the holiday weekend. And the basic rationale was that our local school board or school district, our local city apparatus, and all of that, um, our university had clearly demonstrated that they were not committed to equity in a way that actually generated results. So there were a lot of people, you know, both groups and individuals that, that had been calling for these results for a long time. 
And so, um, and we've been calling for results and accountability and whatnot. And so I've said something that we shouldn't participate in, in any of the, what I call them, you know, community kumbaya sessions, you know, because I felt like us as black folks shouldn't be some props in some feel good photo op while our mm. community is incredibly divided and specifically divided because of issues of, F, of, of, of equity and disparities. Right. So my thing was people have appropriated as even Dr. Bernice King herself said, people have appropriated um, Dr. King, and they've turned him into some one-dimensional Messiah for color buttons. I've said that before, right? And so, you know, I just didn't want us to contribute to continuing that. So, but but in the post, and you know, they caused like kind of the stink in the post. I even said, listen, I'm not throwing any shade. I'm not dissing anybody who's doing the doing the work in our community, um, and. I'm also not calling for a boycott or any of that. I'm just saying, I don't think you should go. Here's some reasons why. But I also said, if you do go, here's some things to think about. And here's some ideas of things you can do the other 364 days, right? (laughs) So I went through all of that. And in classic me fashion, I kind of went in a little bit. So, you know, but like I said, I was very clear to not throw shade on any, on any folks, especially other black people doing the, doing the work, but folks missed that. So when I first read your post, my first thought was that you didn't provide a, a proper, what a proper MLK day celebration looks like. But then as I was thinking about it more, I was like, well, a proper MLK Day celebration would advocate for the things Dr. King was for, which brings us to the point of your post, get educated on who the real public MLK was. Right. That's the very first thing I said. It is point number one. Right. (laughs) Which was the point of episode 31, which is the point of this episode, which is the point of every person that reminds us in January about the whitewashing of MLK. Right. For example, people like Nicole Hannah Jones. Yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> not to be confused with Ida B. Wells. Ida B. Wells. <laughs> okay. I, okay. Although I will explain a, this. You go ahead. What? Go no. ahead. <laughs> so Nicole Hannah Jones handle on Twitter is Ida B. Wells. So I'm go- I was going to attribute this to <laughs> the deceased <laughs> Wells. Oh my goodness. Anyway, so uh, Ms. Jones posted on Twitter that it's it's hilarious. So, uh, and I'll just write it. It'll be real quick. It says, I was invited to give an MLK speech today, and a small number of members of the group hosting, hosting me wrote and then leaked emails opposing my giving this speech as it dishonored Dr. King for me to do so. They call me a, quote, discredited activist, unquote. And again, quote, unworthy of such association with King. So, wow, <laughs> I like this pettiness though, but here we go. <laughs> so I scrapped my original speech and spent the entire first half of it reading excerpts from a bunch of Dr. King speeches, but without telling anyone that I was doing so, leading the audience to think that it was King's words, that uh, leading the audience to think King's words were mine. 
And here's some of the quotes that she, that she made people think that was coming from her, but it was really Dr. King. One of them was, white Americans must recognize that justice for black people cannot be achieved without radical changes in the structure of our society. The evils of capitalism are as real as the evils of militarism and racism. That was one. Another one. Ever since the birth of our nation, white America has had a schizophrenic personality on the question of race. She has been torn between selves, a self in which she proudly processes the great principle of democracy and the self in which she madly practices the antithesis of democracy. <laughs> and one more is the fact is that there has never been a single solid determined commitment on the part of the vast majority of white Americans to genuine equality for black people. And there were many more, and I'll put the tweet um, on, the, on the show notes. So the thing is, so yes, there's the content of character, right? Okay. But an MLK celebration that isn't about remembering the poor, which is, which is a mandate for all of us, but mm -hmm. especially Christians, mm -hmm. a nonviolent but strong commitment to changing the status quo, a critic of capitalism at the expense of the oppressed, and, and basically, basically making the demands of what's still, what's still around the poor people's campaign, right. which you know, King was, was a part of. That's what should be an MLK celebration. So that's, that's, I can, I can see why people go only skin deep and they didn't put that much effort into going a little bit further, but, but you have to know, which is the, like I said, the point of your post, your mm -hmm. first point of your post, get to know who MLK is. And right. then from there, it's pretty easy to make an MLK day because you will be talking about the issues that he was talking about right. post 63. I, you know, I have a right. dream, you know, but the right. thing is if, if you do, if you, but if you do act like King, then what, what will happen is that you will be unpopular because King was unpopular massively. And, and as we know from the, what I said in the, in the episode 31, I told you exactly how unpopular he was in, in, with all the opinion poll information. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, in, in 68, the Harris poll had him at 75% disapproval. Bingo. 68. The march of Washington was 63. Mm -hmm. So he became less popular after the I Have a Dream speech. Yes. Because the more, because the, 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 as time went on, he talked more about the war in Vietnam and capitalism and, and, um, economic inequality. And so he, attacked, not, he attacked the, yeah, he attacked the idea of America. And right. once you do that, then in lots of, you know, there, well, I won't say lots, I won't exaggerate it, but there are, there are enough historians and enough MLK historians who make the case, make a very compelling case that he was killed by the FBI for that reason. Mm. So it wasn't, it wasn't James Earl Ray that he was a patsy and so forth and so on. But, you know, and one of the reasons why it's compelling is that if they wanted to kill him, they could have killed him a long time ago. I've always thought about that. They could have killed him in 63, 64. They could have killed him in 55. They could have killed mm. him in a long time ago. Why did they kill him when he was arguably past his the height of his popularity right because he was talking about the war and he was talking about poverty and he was talking about that and economics and they're yeah. like oh yeah no no this fool's got to go right so and here's here's the here's the thing which which also comes to your 
comes to the point of your post, one of the points of, of your post is one of King's biggest critics is criticism. The point of his criticism was to people who remained silent. Right. So frequently. Frequently. So I mean, I mean, exhibit A, letter from a Birmingham jail, that's for the Christians. But he also said, he who passively accepts evil is as much involved in it as he who helps to perpetrate it. Mm -hmm. He who accepts evil without protesting against it is really cooperating with it. Yes. To your point, if we're just going to come together on MLK Day and then do nothing for 364 days, you're really right. not celebrating King. Right. Because he wasn't about that. And that, that was my whole point. Now, right, right. what happened was that message ticked some people off. Well, that, that, met, that uh, post ticked some people off. And <laughs> <laughs> for, you know, for a few reasons. But, but one of the reasons why I ticked folks off is because, is because it was interpreted as I was, I was telling people you know, being, being a, a, um, like not to have a big head about it, being a black person in the community that has some influence that I was telling people to boycott the King events. Right mm -hmm. now, here's how I knew about it. A friend called me and said, yo, like you good, <laughs> you know, like what's going on? Like what, what, what's happening with the city of the school board that I don't know about. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? And it's like, well, people are asking me what's wrong with, like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Like, the, you know, <laughs> they were like, yeah, people are asking them what's up with me. Like, and so they thought I was trying to sabotage the events, like piss mm. on the work that other black people were doing in the community, call mm. somebody. Out. I don't know. But the person who called me hadn't even seen the post. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they were just reacting to the people calling them saying, Hey, or texting them or however, Hey, what's, what's, what's going on with dude over here? Just, I don't know, call them or call him, you know? Um, but nobody ever called me. Nobody ever. I am me. Nobody ever texted me. And, and, and at this point now I've, I've heard about it from a few people that a few folks were asked what's up with me in that post. Yeah. You know, and now here's the other thing though, too, because I have to say this because King himself wrote about this. Um, it's not like everybody in the, in the, in the black community feels and thinks the same way about justice and equity work and whatnot, right. you know, King himself wrote about like, so there is this nexus between, I'm going to call it the black power people and the, and the, um, like the more nonviolent, like the SELC types, but there's also a good amount of black folks who just want to be quiet and go along and get along and, and let's sidestep and ignore the controversy and all this other kind of stuff. Right. Um, and we even have, we even have, you know, more vocalish black, black folks in our community who do tend to be a little bit more, more kind of kumbaya. We are the worldish. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's, and that, and that's just real talk, you know, and, and, and I love them dearly. I, you know, I, I don't agree with that perspective about them, you know, but I'm also not going to 
I'm not going to throw shade because they're, they're doing work in the community and, 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 and very, you know, very important work and the work, the work they're doing inherently says that they care about equity, right? It right. inherently does, right. or they wouldn't be doing it, you right. know, but personality wise, whatever the come from is, you know, is, is, is a little bit different. And so it, it, to me, because of my, my inner post 63 King or, or, or my inner Malcolm or my inner, my inner Huey, <laughs> you know, for me, that's too soft, you know? Um, mm. But I don't want to go all the way to be like unloving in the whole thing because, because I do think we have to get, we have to come from, from kind of a place of love and understanding, but I right. also believe we have to be direct and we have to call a thing what it is. Well, you, you got to be honest. Yes. I think that's all you're, I mean, that's all you're calling for. Exactly. Exactly. What's happening is that we want to do things, but we don't want to upset people. Right. You know, uh, I think we should be honest witnesses to history and let the chips fall where they may. Right. You know, the heart is not to get people upset, but if people get upset, then that's fine. And if, and even better, if people get upset into action, that's even better. Right. Right. But don't, yeah, and that's don't the whole point. Upsetting folks on purpose. But if they're going to get right. mad because you're talking about justice, let them be mad. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right, everyone. So now it's time for our liner notes segment. It's been a minute, so we haven't done this in a while. We haven't have done this since oh, yeah. August. <laughs> right? This is our first liner note since August. But this is the part of the show where we share um, an artist or a song, an artist, a book, a movie, a conversation, a piece of culture anything that's giving giving us life and it comes from the old school if you if you if you watch or watch you know watch records if you listen to records actual albums they had those liner notes that told you about the lyrics of the songs and kind of behind the scenes stuff so that's what this is so um we hope you're blessed by it um it's the things we're going to share give us life hopefully they give you life too so, so my liner note um is so we're recording on a sunday and yesterday, I was with uh, my two littlest kids. Um, my wife was at work. And I was like, well, how do I keep the kids entertained for a you know, good six, seven hours? <laughs> um, and I came up with the idea with, of having a spa day. Okay. So the whole thing, the water with, with uh, lemon and cucumbers in it. Um, the, I don't know what this machine called, uh, it's like a, a foot massage thing that throws bubbles oh. and some, <laughs> you went all out Katie got for, uh, for Christmas, but I took it out and said, kids, I made a, I made a face mask, a chocolate face mask, <laughs> uh, uh, cocoa and what is it? And yogurt and honey and put it on their faces and whatnot and and that was fun that was fun that was the whole day like i would do stuff with them for a little bit and then i would do some other stuff and then come back and kind of spread it out throughout the day so <laughs> it was really fun just to just to do that and and this whole covid working from home i've been working from home for a while and it's been it's been a blessing for me actually you know um i've gotten a chance to to see the kids and when they go off to school and come back, which I didn't have that opportunity when you know, I had um, my now 17 year old, a senior. Yeah. So um, I didn't get that opportunity uh, 
those years back. So uh, it's kind of nice to at least get to see this this go around. Um, but yeah, but yesterday was was pretty fun, and and it was just it was life giving. It was. I have a I have this. Okay, I'm gonna go in a little bit on, on a rant. <laughs> so it's lighter notes rant for me. That sometimes people say, uh, "Thanks, Dad, for holding down the fort." Well, That's Dad doesn't at home do. doesn't. Dad doesn't at home doesn't hold down the fort. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's I'm here. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm the parent. Yeah, you know, when both of us are not here, either she's the parent or I'm the parent, and uh, you know, I was the parent wasn't holding down the fort. I wasn't doing anything special. I was just doing what I'm supposed to be parenting. doing. So I was <laughs> right parenting. Right. So parenting is not holding down the fort. Yes. All right. That's, that's the soapbox. That's all right. That's but, a good rant. Now, by the way, did you did you put the little finger and toe separators for, on 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 their feet? I didn't have that. And if and if we did have those, I would have found them. But I did. I didn't even think about that. But yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, you know what? I don't think it comes through for the camera. I think I got my my eyelashes done or my eyebrows. <laughs> get your eyebrows waxed by the little bit. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So, yeah. so what you're saying is you wanted a pedicure and a spa day. So you <laughs> no. here's the thing. Made though. it created for the kids. No, here's the thing though. Uh, my now six-year-old was like that. Can we, can we do a spa day for you? I was like, no, no, no. I want to do this for you guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's fun though. That's fun. Anyway, so yeah, it was, it was fun. That's cool. So yeah. I mean, yeah. Anything. It's always hard to follow up anything family related, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you've had some pretty good ones. So, so, <laughs> um, my, my line of notes are this, and it's, it's kind of short and simple, but do you remember Donnie Simpson? Donnie Simpson? No. The VJ video soul. Oh, yes, 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 yes. He's yes, like, yes, yeah, yes. man. All right. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. listeners. If you don't know, which I would imagine a lot of our listeners don't know this, because this is like, this is like, you know, deep this is um, culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is culture. Like, like this is like deep in the crates. Right. So there was a show that came out in the eighties and it lasted through the, the mid or maybe yeah mid nineties or so, but it was a show called video soul. And the host was this guy named Donnie Simpson, who was a DJ and a, and a, and a, and a, a journalist and an announcer. And that show is a deeply, deeply a part of, of, of black urban culture, hip hop, R and B music, all that stuff. So all of the old, OG... we got to put more context. Yeah. Put more context into it. I mean, okay, it's not like today where you have YouTube and you can just go watch, you know, video on demand. Yes. Good point, the good source point. for quote unquote urban soul videos was very limited. Yes. Thank you. For, yes. So, so any show that had that had eyeballs, right. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, so that's why it's so important. Yes. You know, especially to our generation that there yes. was that kind of representation on television. Cause we didn't see it on other outlets. Right. No, that's, that's really good. So yeah. So, and, and it was on, you know, BET when BET was still black owned, right? <laughs> you know, so <laughs> before Viacom bought it before Robert Johnson retired, you know, so, but um, yeah. And, and that's, that was, so if you, anybody, any, anybody who you can think about, and even some of the one hit wonders that have kind of fallen by the wayside, who, who, who were big names in the, in the, in the, 
mid mid eighties up until the mid nineties went through video. So like this dude was a kingmaker and a star maker, you know, and if you got booked on video, so you were going places right? and he's kind of one of our modern day musical griots. Well, what's given me life and that show went off the air years ago. And Donnie has been doing radio oh, in DC. Okay. You know where I'm going with I this. Think I know where I'm going. Yeah. Video soul is back. back. <laughs> Video soul is back, boy. So um, it's on uh, Tubi, which is a T-U-B-I, which is like a free app or whatever, or free service, oh, a streaming that's service. That's great, sad. Okay. It's, I gotta it's go on Tubi. It. Okay. And so he's done a few, a few episodes now. The first episode is Teddy Riley. Oh, okay. I got to do that after we get off the Teddy Riley recording. of New Jack Swing fame, y'all. Again, yeah. this is this is this is deep cut stuff. This is a deep cut right. liner notes. So, right. but yeah, it just gave me life because I remember being like 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, watching all the videos from Salt and Pepper, from New Edition, from Cool Mo D, from LL Cool J. Um, when Usher first came out, I mean, all these people who came and sat down on the couch and talked to Donnie, and so. It was just dope to kind of be, you know, kind of kind of be back in that kind of headspace where right. it wasn't, you know, it's just this dude who loved music, who loves music, who's a DJ or, you know, and and just talking to all these acts and to a person, they all showed him mad love, mad gratitude because he put them on like Donnie Simpson is as responsible for a lot of careers as the music producers were. So anyway, my line is video soul. Donnie Simpson is back. Well, and also nostalgia is pretty big. It is. I mean, look at the Super Bowl halftime act. Uh, you know, it's oh, Dr. Dre. Oh, Dr. Dre is right. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, uh-huh. Mary J, yep. Kendrick, Lam- yep. uh, Lamar. Yeah. Um, so anyway, no, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. All right. So uh, let's get back. Uh, let's get back to the show. Um, we've been discussing how, in the need to move on from the conversation about race in this country, many have rewritten the history of one of the movement's most famous leaders, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This and many other are examples of how it seems that we as a country cannot agree on anything. Mm. So I was telling Abdul that we're so fractured that. I don't think we are no longer Americans anymore. We are our interest first, and yeah. then maybe perhaps Americans. And I don't know if we can get that toothpaste back into the bottle because with social media, there's always going to be a group of people that shares your interest. You don't have to learn to disagree anymore. Mm-hmm. You can just disagree, walk out the door. And there's going to be a group of people that says, welcome home. You don't have yeah. to learn how to love the unlovable. You yeah. don't have to do that anymore. Every, everything is now a targeted advertisement. Everything is a group. Everything can be a group. So something that I'm, I'm working out here as a Christian too is, is how, as you can tell, I'm working it out. So <laughs> it's, it's still, still in the development phase, you know, that. I don't want my politics anymore to come from a political party. Mm. I don't want to just be a parrot of a political party. Um, Out of full disclosure, I've never voted Republican. 
I've considered people in presidential races who were Republican, and then at some point they say something and go like, okay, you know, we're done here. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, I've never been, I'll never vote Republican, um, but I've never voted Republican. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, but that's just how it's been on these cycles. And, and I'm sure there's people on the other side that might be open to someone from the Democratic Party and then they say something, they go like, eh, okay, I'm back over here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to question things now from my faith beliefs perspective. Mm-hmm. How does this align with the teachings of my faith? And I'll be honest that sometimes I don't know where one came first or it's kind of like chicken and the egg type of thing. Where did this come from? Yeah. Did it come from faith or did it come from the party? You know? So I want to remove myself from that. And yeah, I don't want to ramble here. The thing is with, with our, I don't know, it's, it's very frustrating what's happening. I thought it was bad during Clinton years. I thought it was bad during Bush two years in the country. Mm-hmm. But we keep I up in the ante. We're getting really good at it. Uh-huh. I've kind of missed those days. I wish to push two years. You know, yeah. I and and the Clinton years and whatnot. I mean, I mean, can it get worse? Of course it can get worse, but my goodness, what what is worse looks worse like? Worse is really bad. You know, and something that you were talking about too is like you went to a to an event, a sporting event, I believe, and uh-huh. you finally felt like there was community, something that we've been missing for a while mm-hmm. um and i think that's the problem too with the, we're missing on what's community and we don't have a sense of we are each other's keepers anymore again yeah. it's that whole interest if you're in my interest group then fine but if not then you are almost like dead to me yeah and something that i've been really working out is just how to be in a space where I may disagree with other people's perspective and still love them. That's you know? good. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, and I, and, and I do want to, I mean, it's something that we've talked about the idea of just a, an episode about, about community mm-hmm. or as, as Dr. King would call it beloved community. Yeah. And which was what he was pursuing. So I don't know. I, this part here, I mean, it, I don't know if this, if it made much sense, I hope it made some kind of sense. I mean, it's, it, it's, I'm really tired of politics dictating how we behave to each other, how we behave toward each other. Yeah. It's like, so we had a high school game just this past Friday. It was mm-hmm. number one versus number two. And, and we won. Our high school was number one. That's right. And yes, we won. And I remember there was a guy, and I forget his name. Um, but he said that our fandom should stay in sports. The problem is we have taken our fandom and take, moved it onto politics. Mm-hmm. We behave irrationally around politics the same way that we are irrational about sports. And it's okay to be irrational about sports. It's okay well, to say that maybe. our team is number one. Okay, maybe. What maybe. So if someone came knocking on your door, with all kind of Boston gear on. No, but that's the point. A, you being a Yankee fan, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to need you to back up. <laughs> I mean, no, and that's fine. 
But that's the point. The problem is, like that person says, we've taken that same idea and done it with Republican and Democrat. Yeah. You know, if somebody comes to your door and they're wearing the opposite, you know, oh, hey, good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. And I'm a representative for such and such. And I'm from the other political party. Your irrationality shouldn't come out. <laughs> yes, you know, true. You know, you you shouldn't get spit on. You shouldn't get cursed out. You shouldn't yes. get kicked out of a house. You shouldn't yes. get your door slammed on. None and, of that. And which is what ha- was happening in our community right now. You should not be getting threatened. You should not be getting death threats. And 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 let's just keep it real on that. You know, those threats are not coming from quote both sides. Right. You know, now, now I, so I have, I have voted both parties, Mm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a centrist, (laughs) you know? And so I have voted both parties and I am, you know, I'm a, I'm a centrist. I'm a fiscal conservative. I believe in a smaller government as we can get, but I also believe the government has to be big enough because when it's too small, people don't act right. You know, and, 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 and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a free market capitalist, but I also understand the capital, the capitalism, the free market has to be regulated. You can't let people run amok. Right. So I voted on both sides for lots of different reasons. And, and the way that I've seen. That's how it should be. Yeah. That's how it should be. You know, we shouldn't be uh, aligned with the political party, just straight up and down on a ticket. Right. You, you have to take a look at what's one side offering and then there right. might be times when you vote one way and then might be times when you vote another way. Yeah. And so what's interesting, like the, for me, the story of my adult life is, I don't know if you can hear this, but the Chiefs game is on and I think we just scored. Can you, can you hear all that screaming? I heard the screaming. Yes. So. Oh my gosh. My wife and one of my sons are watching the Chiefs game and they're, we just scored. They're screaming. So. I don't anyway. care about football. The Cowboys are not in the playoffs anymore. So I don't care I, about football. I know you're done. <laughs> you're like. Football Damn football. Right now. Damn football. <laughs> so, so it's, but, but it's a good day, though. It's been a good weekend. Green Bay Packers eliminated, and Rodgers is not going to the Super Bowl. So you're good. Is Neither is Tom Brady. So, so, so you're good. The life is good. <laughs> so, but, you know, so, like, I, I, have, I have seen and witnessed in, in, in this community, right? Um, I forgot where I was going, but, but just <laughs> the Damn way the Chiefs. <laughs> I know, right? The, but but the way this thing is happening that is really is really bad. It's really toxic. It's really everything. Right. And and what is happening is in our community, we have people, and I hate to say it, but it's the truth. We have people who mostly align with with Republicans and conservatives that are that that are um, giving people threats and that are. I mean, like actual death threats and all kind of crazy stuff, like threats of violence, threats of harm, stalking. There's all kind of craziness about um, people, you know, like uh, putting people's names on blast and some of these, on some of these, you know, conservative. You should watch these people lists and whatnot. And so, and so, that to me is just disgusting and distasteful. Now, the left is doing some crazy things too, but it's rhetorical. It's words. It's not stoking people to do crazy stuff with their actual actions. And, and that, you know, so both sides are messed up, but they're not messed up in the same ways. Like, like both, both sides are extreme. Now, the story, here's where I was going. 
the story of my adult life is this. I have very often been too, I've said this before on the show, too, cons- too conservative for my progressive and my liberal friends and too liberal for my conservative friends. You know, And so- I think that's how it should be. Actually, it's, it's my personal opinion here. I think that's how, if you are calling yourself a Christian, I think that's how it should be. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's another episode. That's another topic for another episode. But so, yeah. But the point being is, okay, so we, we were on King. How do we get on this? <laughs> oh, I know how we got on this. Okay. Because I was, I was saying it, that it was like this King debate is, or the whitewashing of, of King. Uh-huh. It's just another example of our division because King is being used by both camps. Yes. What I mean? So yep. then that got me into thinking about our, our national division. And it, it was just one piece of here about King just kind of let me down another trail. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, and, and I have, and I have this, like I was mentioning offline about this concern about our national division. So I was going from King, like I said, going from King and then going to national, national division. Yeah. My concern about national division is that I don't think we can go back. I don't think in the age of social media anymore, we can get back to a place of community. You know, what's interesting is I feel like we can't go back because there are some folks who don't want to go back. Well, true. I mean, you know, yeah. so, so people wanted to be, a, some folks want, want it to be a new thing and to not go quote backward. Right. But there are some things, there are some things that we, that we should and need to go back to, and we need right. to go back to community. We right. need to go back to, you know, I've said this, this on before on, on the podcast, but we need to go back to the idea, like the, the, the book bowling alone by, by Robert Putnam, you know, the, the book is about the declining of associational networks. You know, mm-hmm. we need to go back to m- like multi-partisan associational networks, like the, 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 the scouts or the bowling league or whatever it is, you know, which is why people said like, you know, what was the old adage? Don't talk about politics and religion because this is the result. Now I always thought that, you know what, if you can't talk about politics and religion, then you're really keeping things too superficial to be meaningful. And I don't like superficiality. Right. I hadn't considered that talking about politics and talking about religion can get this vitriolic and this bad. Mm. And maybe the people who coined the adage knew this. Yeah. But it gets there because of people's inability also to debate. People just get emotional about a subject and then you kind of give them something to think about and they go, ah, whatever. And and then the claws come out and all that kind of stuff. Well, here's the thing. And so they get emotional. Well, it's not that they get emotional. It's that they are emotional it's you know it's it's that it's that those things and quick shameless plug i share the same logic the same thinking on my equileader podcast go check that out (laughs) but (laughs) right plug 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 (laughs) right but they are emotional because people are emotional creatures and the things that that we have that are our that we are tied to as far as identity and affiliation those aren't surface logical things those are right. deep seated emotional things so when somebody triggers those things you're triggering emotions and you're triggering my mama taught me this or my grandmama used right. to believe this or right. or or i deeply believe this because of so and so 
you know? And so, yeah. And so everything identity is really, really deep, deep, deep stuff. And just, just like you're disgusted by getting, you know, things from one, like one political party, I'm, I'm disgusted by how we have partisanized and racialized patriotism. You know, now this is the whole the whole podcast. We probably ended here, right? But <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> but when I think about that and how we celebrate, you know, even how we celebrate King, you know, yes. um, there are all these all these implications and this whole ripple effect of all of, of these things that touch all these other like tertiary issues. So um, we we need to think about, like we said at the top of the episode, how we remember King accurately and think about how we are to, you know, kind of see and celebrate King moving forward. Right. 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 So, okay. So talk about King, let's, let's begin to wrap up and let's talk about why care about how we see and celebrate Dr. King. Um, I can start. And my first point is, uh, we should care because we want to be honest about history. Uh, we want to be, uh, to use a, a, a biblical term, to use a Christian term, uh, we want to be an honest, we want to be an honest witness. We want to express history accurately. Uh, we don't want to leave anything out. Uh, we want to celebrate, like we've been mentioning the whole episode, we want to celebrate what Dr. King means and what he's about and the things that he care about. Mm-hmm. So. MLK Day is a great opportunity for all of for all of us to be reintroduced with the idea with the idea of being each other's keepers. That whole thing we we're talking about community, right? You know, what happens to one of us happens to all of us. When one part of the community um, aches, the whole community should ache. But instead, we want to kick people out of the community that don't conform or just too loud or mm-hmm. whatnot. So I believe the day, yes, it's about the man, but it's also not about the man, MLK Day. Um, the message. It's about the message. It's what was he was about. I don't think he would have wanted to be about himself anyway. Um, yeah. It's, it's really to take this, the movement to the promised land. Right. 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 He, you know, he saw the promised land, right? You know, this is a man who, Dr. King, who was, who was a student and he studied the Constitution and he learned about the Constitution. And he saw the potential for the countries. Like we just need to get here. Mm-hmm. We're not here yet, you know. And then he obviously he, he he was a pastor, so he read his Bible and he saw the potential there. He was just marrying what the country was saying they wanted with the reality and saying this reality doesn't match what we say that we want, what right. we're about. Right. And that's what MLK Day is about. Uh, it's just it's a day to remember, remember the poor because he was about the poor. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, I mean, we, we can talk about the word reconciliation, conciliation, but he was a minister of reconciliation. Yeah. And he wanted us to be ministers of reconciliation. Yeah. And, and, and on that day, it's a great day to introduce people or reintroduce people to that idea. Right. That's good. Yeah. Well, and, and I also said this in, in, in the post, and we have to, when we think about viewing Dr. King accurately, we have to really view him accurately. Now, we're only on this episode, we're only, and, and, and in the previous episode, talking about the public 
king. And, and the same thing when I made the post, we're only talking about the public Dr. King because people aren't perfect and people are human and humans are flawed. We cannot dismiss, but it's not the point of this episode, but I don't want to end it without bringing it up. We cannot dismiss Dr. King's you know, infidelity and sexual peccadilloes and those kind of things. And we can't dismiss to some extent how um, patriarchal the movement was, right? Um, but again, those are topics for, you know, for, for different episodes. And so, but I'm only, and both of us are only advocating to see, to see King accurately or, or, you know, and, and again, we're, we're talking about the public King. So that's, that's it. All right. Now, um, as we wrap up, I want to tell you just about what we're up to for the next several weeks with the Christian soldier podcast. So, um, as you know, we've been, uh, getting back to a rhythm of, po of posting every two weeks. So, and this is another, it's, it's more of a, it's more of a programming note than a plug, but, um, um, every, every other Wednesday, we post an episode on the, on the intervening Wednesdays, there is a new episode of the Equileader podcast that's also posted. So, um, but in February, the Christian Soldier podcast is, is doing a collaboration with the Ambassador podcast. And so um, we have, we have uh, Jared Cole from that, uh, from that podcast. And then I'm going to also be guest, guesting on that podcast. And so every, every week in February, we're going to be dropping um, an episode of that podcast. Now, we will have the podcast listed on both our Christian Soldier platform and on the Ambassador. So there'll be the same episode posted in both places. Um, but that's that's what's going to be happening in February. So every, every, every week in February, we're going to be dealing with a different aspect of black history month. And then, and then back in, back in March, we will be back on with our two week, twice a month Christian soldier posting schedule. And I'm hoping by that point, we will kind of figure out our rhythm and our timing and have, and have Justine back on the mic with us and have the three of us back because godly man i miss her i miss her, uh, her i miss her energy i miss her perspective and and jay we miss you girl right so dog what did you think when you heard the episode and you heard jeremy's slow jam reading oh my gosh <laughs> I literally, I was listening to the, to the download to the episode. I had to stop the episode Were you laughing? and just bust out laughing. <laughs> Not because what he said was funny. It was just, it, it was, <laughs> it was just so unexpected. <laughs> I mean, the music, uh, it was, it was, it was hilarious. It was, it was very good. And I want to thank, uh, my fraternity brother. Yes, Jeremy, for doing that. That was that was really fun. That was very fun. Yes, that yes. So shouts shouts to Jeremy Lewis, aka Smooth Lou, the Soul Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> smooth Lou the soul man baby for for doing that he he is literally one he, he's andres's frat brother and one of my one of my oldest friends he he is the first person one of the first people i met when i came to my college and i met him when i was here on a visit i hadn't even become a student yet so yeah, yeah so i i have another known him head. another music head so at some point soldiers we will do a a music episode and have jeremy yes, on about that. Uh, but he's yeah. also a crazy deep deep music head and he's he's a friend of the show he listens to it and we just appreciate you know him being on and so yeah we can't have we can't wait to have him on as an actual as an actual guest for an episode and just vibe on music that's going to be a dope yeah, that's episode. like a three-hour episode <laughs> Man, talking about turn. like, like deep, deep cut. Yeah, th th this and is, he's this working is on cut. his own podcast. He is. He is. Oh, he's so, just gotta. Now, I love the idea of it. Not gonna give too much of it away, but you know, if he can make that work. That's gonna be a heck of a podcast. podcast. Yes, and so when it drops, we will definitely let y'all know and put a link in the show notes for that for sure. For yes. sure. Yes. Well, that does it for us for now. As always, if you like the show and the content, if you're encouraged or challenged by it, please like, subscribe, share, or drop us a review. And don't be afraid to do all the above. That'll help folks find us and join the community. Because as you know, we can always use more soldiers. And y'all, thanks for the love. And thanks so much for rocking with us. We've been gone for a while. We're kind of coming back. We're seeing the downloads. The downloads look like they used to before we left. So we appreciate that. So um, if you have questions about anything we cover on the show, if you have topics you want us to discuss, or you just want to reach out, become a member of our community at christiansoldier.com forward slash groups forward slash Christian soldier, S-O-U-L-J-A-H. Or you can email us at hello at christiansoldier.com. So thanks again for listening. I'm Abdullah. I'm Andres. And until next time, y'all, for our friend Justine, keep the faith. Peace. Paz. The Christian Soldier Podcast is brought to you by the Christian Soldier Collective, a Jesus-centered community dedicated to the pursuit of unity, cultural, and ethnic conciliation and social justice within the church. The theme song is The Ace by Ballpoint. Christian Soldier Podcast is a production of the Christian Soldier Collective and Monarch Training and Development.